I am also recording. I'm recording. Okay. All right, let's let's do this because I want to get back to watching Sailor Moon. I want to continue my puzzle tonight. I'm kind of addicted. Nice. Oh, that's also true. Starting in three. Oh, okay. Boys aren't done. Starting in three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Char Shots Gamecast. Each week, we talk about the games we've been playing and the news we've been reading. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Siggy, and joining me is First Captain, Justin. Justin, Wait, welcome first back. first captain? Do you mean first mate? I'm making up terminology. Go with it. First Captain, Justin. Because I'm Admiral. You're first captain. You, could, you, you, only, you only have one captain, though. Not a, not if it's a fleet of ships, amigo. But it's just it's you're the captain of that ship, and then the other person's the captain of a different ship. I'm the admiral of the whole ships. The admiral. I'm Admiral Iggy. You are first captain. All right, move on. <laughs> I made it made sense. And joining us also is uh, Captain of the Zenai Zaibatsu, Tyler. Tyler, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. I uh, just had some Wendy's, and uh, I haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> Wendy's nuts. Anyways, God damn it, you beat me to uh, it. Not even. It's not even a good one. I don't know why, but I've been on D's nuts, like, per, like tirade. All I mean, that's week. better than most of yours because at least like Wendy's, like it it fits. Well. I, I, yeah, I guess. Y'all don't fall for it. That's the problem. Anyways, thank you everybody for listening or watching us. Uh, we have the Char Games Gamescast. Group of friends who decided that we're going to talk about the games we've been playing, news we've been reading. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it to Justin as we normally do. As I will usually put, time, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Tyler to make like a graph, like a, t- a Justin timer graph and to put it in the stream. Like, what is Justin's time? Um, and let's you know, see I can do the that, mark right? every week because I think that'd be a fun challenge. You can, yeah, but I think it'd be funnier if Tyler made it. Um, Why? It's it's my stream. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Why would? Yeah, it would make more sense if he right. did it. Since you, since it is your stream, what have you been playing besides Ratchet and Clank? Because I know you. Yeah, boy. Like um. Yeah. I sorry. I was trying to see if there is just a timer thing on the widgets for Streamlabs, and there's not. So I'd have to uh, find one online. But anyway, um. I have been playing a lot of Ratchet and Clank. I beat it again uh, on my challenge run. Um, I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I got the platinum, which was exciting. Um, and actually, it wasn't terribly yeah. hard. Like the the hardest one was finding all the Krager bears, and so I just used a guide for that. And then um, my last trophy was just playing music on the jukebox at uh, at Zerky's bar. So I was kind of satisfied with that being like, you know, the video of my uh, my final trophy, because like when the platinum popped, I was playing um, uh, Join Me at the Top or something like that on the jukebox. And so I thought that was kind of funny. Like, but anyway, um, yeah, I beat the game with like I hadn't gotten all of the weapons up to level 10, uh, like all the Omega versions of the weapons. Um, and I didn't upgrade every weapon all the way because I just didn't feel like grinding out for all the uh, raritanium and stuff. But I basically got everything else. Like, I mean, I got the platinum, so clearly I did all of the things. Um, but it's also a pretty easy platinum. You don't have to 100% the game for it. Um, 
but yeah, still a very good game. And I recorded my review of it today, so hopefully I'll be able to edit that and get it out like next weekend probably. Um, it it is it's it's going to be about an hour long. I can already tell. And oh, no aside doubt. from that, um, I got a uh, a few emulators on my phone um, to play games on the run because I'm never home to play things anymore. So I started up my uh, my replay of the Metroid series with Metroid Zero Mission, and I found out my phone can actually like natively screen record at pretty good quality. I guess just like the Samsung screen recorder, like if you go into the the game mode or whatever, um, it like basically you know minimizes all other things so that the game is the only thing taking up your phone's power. And then the screen recording is like full screen quality. It's insane. Um, so I think I'm going to start using my phone for a lot of stuff I need to record because it's just the easiest way to do it. At least for old things. Um, so yeah, I'm a good portion of the way through Zero Mission now. Um, I don't remember exactly where I left off because it was a three-day weekend. But And then I started up uh, the Final Fantasy IV Complete Edition, like the PSP version. Um, nice. Because I thought that the uh, the pixel remasters or whatever of all the games were coming out like at the beginning of Ju- July, and it turns out one through three are coming out like the end of July. Not sure when four through six are coming, so I was like, you know what, screw it, I'll just play it for free on PSP. Uh, it's still a really solid version. Um, the art style is kind of ugly, but like it works. It's not like six where just like the sprites feel at odds with everything else. It's kind of like a, it's a, it's an overly bright, like, kind of stylized art for the whole game. So it still kind of has that, like, mobile sheen to it, but I don't mind it. Uh, and it's nicely animated and stuff. Like, there's still some good moments in there. I think the DS version is the best one, but emulating DS games sucks. Um yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play through this. Uh, I haven't made it very far. I just hold on, what? hold on, hold on, Justin. Emulate these nuts. Uh... That works. That works. Give it to me. I'm give not giving point. you these nuts. Give me give these my... nuts. Give Tyler. Give me my point, please. Ding. There you go. You can Thank you. Point at these nuts. Um. <laughs> there you go. Give, give Justin a point. Justin gets a point. So... Ding. Uh, yeah, I just got, um, I was going to say Strago. What's his name? Tella? Uh, oh, yeah, the old yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm pro- I probably said a racist thing, because right? that's what he looks like. Um, I just got him and fought, like, the, uh, yes. The sand monster? Ant- that's Antlion. Yeah, the Antlion. Antlion. Um, and then pretty much left it off there. It was, like... End of day Friday, and I kept getting distracted, so I don't remember exactly where I ended because I was like, I would walk two feet and then have to, like, turn my phone off and yeah, fight about. Um, oh, but anyway, and then the probably the surprise one is that I started up um, Persona Three Portable, uh, which I Oof. did not realize was so different from the regular Persona Three, like on what was that PS Two? Yeah, it's on yeah. PS Two. There's also the F- FS version that I currently have. I'm not sure how different that is. I thought that was the only one. I thought that was, like, the PS2 version, and then there's Portable on the PSP. Uh, there's also, like, a, 
apparently there's like a F, a special edition on PS2 as well. But again, I'm not exactly sure what the differences oh. are. Haven't really touched okay. it yet. But yeah. So it's, I mean, it's obviously a, a major downgrade from like Persona 5, for example. And it's even a downgrade from the, you know, console version of Persona 3. Like, weirdly so. Because, I mean, there's things like, you know, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. That's a fairly complete handheld package of, like, a, you know, PS2 game. Um, or PS2-style yeah. game, I should say. Like, the areas are kind of empty and stuff like that, but it's still, I mean, it's fully 3D rendered areas that you explore and, like, you know, some nice FMV cutscenes and stuff. But, like, this one, it's... It cuts out pretty much all of the uh, anime cutscenes. I think there's, like, there's an intro video when you start the game up, and that's it so far. Um, and all of, like, the social links and, like, uh, character interactions and stuff are just uh, portrait dialogue on screen with voice acting, which is still great. Like, it, you know, there's, there's well-animated... Um, portrait frames that come up and stuff but you never actually directly control your character like around the world map and stuff um you have like a pointer thing that you just kind of move around and like put over a person to talk to them you put over like key interests or key points of interest to like see what they say or whatever you move it over the the s spot to save that kind of thing um and it's all so it's basically the map from uh, the Wii version of Sonic Unleashed. Sure. Um, and it's only... I, th I think I do know what you're talking about, actually. Um, it's only when you're in uh, Tartarus, uh, which still sounds like a, like a dental disease, um, that you gain control of your character. So, like, there's still, you know, fully 3D, like, top-down uh, randomized dungeon floors... Similar to, like, Mementos in Persona 5. But that's the only time you actually, like, directly control your character. And so you have, you know, the randomized combat and stuff in there, which the battle system still feels great. Like, I, I really like that the characters, like, shoot themselves in the head to do attacks. Or to summon their personas for attacks. I'm not committing suicide. I'm summoning my persona. Yeah. Like, in the opening cutscene, it's, like, one of the, uh, one of the party members... It's just, like, in front of a mirror, like, you can do it. You can do it. And, like, just holds a gun to her head. And then it cuts away. And there's, like, no context for it. It's a really strong scene. And then you find out later that that's, like, you know, Persona-related and all that. Um, and I like the overall, like, story arc and everything of, like, the apathy disease or whatever that everyone's afflicted with. And you have to, like, go into Tartarus and, like... Uh, kill all the shadows that's affecting people's apathy um but honestly i don't mind like you know the quote-unquote downgrades because i am playing on a psp and i don't necessarily need a you know like droning on 70 hour rpg it's kind of neat that it's a little streamlined but having seen like uh some video and stuff from the ps2 version I just don't understand why they couldn't just port it directly. Like, it feels weird that they couldn't fit all of that on a, a PSP disc. UM, was that UMDs? Uh, uh, yeah, they're yeah, UMDs. I couldn't remember if those PSP or Vita. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more the principle of the matter. Like, 
it feels like it should be able to work, but I'm okay with the fact that uh, I'm okay with what we get on portable. Um, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still pretty invested. Uh, so because of that, I also picked up, um, Persona 4 Golden and the Steam sale. Um, nice. Cause I figure if I like, you know, this watered down version of Persona 3, then I'll probably like Persona 4. Like after five, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go backwards because I read about how like the dungeons aren't, you know, custom made and all this, like all this stuff that they hadn't done yet until five. Um, but I mean, clearly four is a step up from three. So I'll probably like it still. I mostly just don't like the like the Humpty Dumpty looking mascot guy that you have in four. Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. He's basically us. He just spouts puns. Yeah, he's just dumb looking. Like he's no Morgana. Not at all. Um Let's see. I think that's about it. I dabbled on a few other games uh that's not really worth talking about. Um, just cause like, you know, I was, I was testing out the emulator and stuff. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I couldn't get Metroid Prime to run stable. Like even just, you know, the GameCube version, like obviously the Wii version, it's, it's tougher with like the motion controls and all that, trying to map that to a controller. Um, but even the GameCube version, like it ran and it was decent, but it was like inconsistent frame wise. Um, and I wasn't even, like, jumping up the resolution or anything. I think I had it, like, 720p, and it was still kind of choppy. So that's a bit of a bummer, considering, like, 3DS games worked fine. I don't I don't know what the difference is, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying mobile emulation. I picked up a, um, a controller, the uh, Kishi. Ooh. Yeah. Razor. And it's, like, I got this one because it's a little more compact, like, to take around with me. Um, but it's a little awkward the way, like... Compact these nuts. That sounds painful. Yeah. It's a little awkward the way you have to, like, kind of release and, like, open it up. Like, it it feels like it needs more than two hands to do. Um, but I tend to just kind of keep my phone in it. she said. And until I'm, you know, until I need to put my phone in my pocket (laughs) or something. Uh, so it's, it's a little long. (laughs) But it works well. Like, it's a very... Uh, it's a very solid and like tactile controller that's made mobile gaming so much more satisfying. I don't actually like play like controller based mobile games on it. I just use it for emulation, but that's the best option, honestly, because you can do all the button mapping yourself. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. A lot of mobile gaming. Wow, under time this time. Holy shit. I think that might be a first. A new record! Uh, ring the I mean, bell, I've also been doing a puzzle. I can Yay. talk about that puzzle, but no, we'll just move on. No, you can... You, when you and Thomas can get together to do a podcast for your <laughs> old man things... And no, sort of in my defense, like, I was um, I was cleaning up my office and everything because of the, you know, the water damage and all that. Um, and we found the box of my Majora's Mask, uh, like, map puzzle in it. And that I never put together because we have cats and it's hard to do a puzzle when you have cats. Um, yeah. Oh, I'd imagine. So I just, I'd kept it in the box as like a keepsake, but the box was destroyed even though it was like in wrapped in plastic. Oh, no. So we opened it up and it was like, this puzzle's probably ruined. That sucks. <laughs> opened it up. All the pieces were in another bag inside the box. So they were actually dry. Huh. So I was like, all right, well now I've just got this bag of puzzle pieces. Like I might as well put it together. And then, you know, like, seal it and hang it or something. 
Um, so I'm finally doing this puzzle I've had for like five or six years. Nice. I don't have the attention span to do puzzles. I didn't think I did, but I'm, I'm hooked. Like I don't want, I, I had to like pull myself away from it through this podcast. <laughs> I hate puzzles. Um, all right, Tyler, what have you been up to my dude? All right. So if you remember last week, um, I got midway through Jack two and I was able to beat it this week. Um, when we last left off, Jack steadily builds up allies in Haven City to overthrow Baron Praxis. These include Ashlyn, a badass warrior lady of the Crimson Guard, who also happens to be Praxis' daughter, Tess, a resistant member who acts as a spy in crew's suspicious activity, and for some reason has a thing for Daxter, ew, <laughs> a lurker refugee who I honestly forget his name, a blind oracle and her translator, who also happens to be a parrot cross of a monkey, who may or may not be racist. He has a thick Spanish accent. I'm not exactly sure what's up with that. Um, there's the enigmatic leader of the resistance as well. Samos. Wait, what? So, this is the sage that trained Jack and Daxter in the first game, but he looks way younger here than he did before. And it's the future, so it's even more confusing. They also stumble onto the Samos that they're familiar with, and the two constantly butt heads of each other. They also reunite with Kira, who isn't exactly thrilled that Jack changed so much since the first game. She does a she does lead a hover bike racing team though, and the winner of the circuit gets a tour of the Baron's Palace, so it works in his interest even if their interactions are uncomfortable now. But the champion racer, Errol, stands in his way, being, and being Praxis' right-hand man has a huge grudge against Jack for some reason. The good guys eventually discover the Tumamar, the architect of Haven City. After some tight platforming challenges and a giant spider chase reminiscent of Crash Bandicoot, Jack comes face-to-face -face with a Precursor statue in possession of the ancient MacGuffin known as the Precursor Stone. Mar had hidden it deep within this chamber long ago to hide it from the metalheads, who are revealed to be galaxy-conquering aliens that wiped out the Precursors long ago. Before they can retrieve the stone, however, Praxis swoops in and steals it, and bombards you with a lame boss fight. They eventually learn that Praxis plans to crack the stone open to attack the Metalhead Nest, but doing so will destroy literally everything. Jack gathers a bunch of hidden Precursor artifacts to help Kira rebuild the sled thingy so they can head back to their own time. So all that's left to do is to take care of Praxis one-on-one -on -one and retrieve the stone so the Resistance can destroy the Metalheads. So you gotta win the Grand Racing Grand Prix to do it. There's three races that you have to compete in. One where you control Daxter after Jack throws a hissy fit beforehand. You race against seven randos in a condensed track within five laps. If you don't make first place or you crash your bike too many times in walls or in a pit, fish and mail. Try again, asshole. There are several instances where I jumped a little too high, and the ceiling instantly killed me. The third and final race pits you against Errol himself, and my palms immediately got sweaty because when I played this game for the first time in 2012... Knees deep, mom spaghetti. Yeah, so the first time I played this, I remember the race being super difficult because his AI is incredibly aggressive towards you, which is in line of continuity. So this is it. The final race to decide Jack's fate. The race that will decide which of these rivals is the best racer in the city. He crashed into a wall in the third lap and died. What a dork. So the f Jack pulls Is that the, the final battle of the game? 
It's not the final okay. battle. You're thinking of something else. No, I was like, how is the so, final yeah. battle a race? But never mind. I misunderstood. Yeah, so Jack wins the race. Uh, Baron Praxis comes in to uh, congratulate the racer who has no idea who he is. Jack pulls the, it's me, Austin! But, but Praxis uh, orders the winner be executed. And Arrow shows his good sportsmanship by trying to run Jack over, but runs into a vat of eco and dies. Afterwards, Ooh. all hell breaks loose as Jack learns that crew had not only been building a super weapon to crack open the Precursor Stone, but he also secretly broke down the security wall, keeping the metalheads out of the city. Jack and Daxter beat him in a dumb boss fight and blow him up along with the weapon. Afterwards, the old man from the beginning of the game, Kor, reveals himself as the metalhead leader as he rips his giant monster body out of the tiny old person's skin. Think of it like a human version of a clown car. He mortally wounds Praxis and leaves, but in his dying breath gives Jack the stone. The duo burst into the metalhead nest to face off against Kor, who not only has the mute kid from before in his grasp, but also drops a bunch of plot twist bombs on them. This child in question is Jack. He was originally from the future, but sent back in time to hide him from the metalheads and train him to gain the power of light to destroy them later. He also mentions that the stone is a precursor egg, hidden by Mars so it'll grant the Chosen One the power of light. He says Jack is too tainted by Dark Eco to beat him, but Jack responds with fuck that and fuck you. The boss fight is extremely easy, by the way. Just shoot Kor in his big dumb head enough and it's game over. So Kor dies, the little Jack activates the stone, reviving the precursor who goes through the time rift. Young Jack and young Samos use the time rift to go back to the past and let the original game unfold from there. And everyone in the future basks in their victory. Ashland becomes the Haven City's new ambassador. Torn's the leader of the Crimson Guards. Daxter rebrands Crew's bar into his own. Jack and Kira get cock-blocked for the second time. And everyone lives happily ever after and end by musing how cool it would be to see Mar and that he may be closer than we think. Maybe a bit of illusion there. So yeah, that's the end of Jack 2. Like I said last week, it's a fun sequel that isn't without its problems. The trial and error nature of the missions wouldn't be as painful if they had checkpoints, or if all the enemies they throw at you did less damage. Driving around is a real pain in the butt, and you do this most of the way through. Problems aside though, I still thought it was a fun playthrough. The story is interesting and told well, the characters are a ton of fun, platforming is as tight as ever, and the gunplay feels pretty good, all things considered. I haven't touched Jack 3 yet, since I want to save my full thoughts for next week, so look forward to that soon. I uh, also gave the new character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate a shot, Kazuya Mishima, arguably the longest-running antagonist in Tekken. To the average Joe Schmo picking him up without any knowledge of the game he hails from, he seems incredibly complicated due to the rest of the roster. Granted, he is, but he's super fun once you figure out which of his dozens of moves works best for specific situations. When I tried him out for the first time, my muscle memory kind of kicked in, and I tried doing Electric Wind Godfist like he would in Tekken, but most of his moves are performed with the regular attack button, which takes time to get used to since every direction with the control stick is a different attack. His B button moves include his devil form, shooting lasers and doing a command throw like Bowser or Ganondorf side Bs. They put in the misstep since it's a huge part of his moveset in the series, but it's much easier to do here. 
In Tekken, you do the misstep by pressing forward, pause for a split second, then hit down forward. But here, you just do the Shoryuken input with no need for the pause. You can get specific moves out of misstep, like the Hell Sweep of the left hook, a command grab called Hell's Gate, the Rising Uppercut, which is great for KOs, and the Wind God Fist, as well as the Electric Variant. For those of you that don't know, Wind God Fist is a unique move, where depending on how accurate your button press is in conjunction with your misstep input, you'll get the regular move that acts as a reliable launcher or combo extender. The Electric Variant is stronger, comes out faster, and is super safe on block. Electrics are frame-perfect, though, so getting them out consistently takes a lot of practice, but it's super satisfying to get that extra damage and hearing Kazuya yell, DORIA! Here, doing electrics is a bit more satisfying, is a bit less forgiving. You now have two frames to do it instead of just one. So, that was generous of Sakurai. Uh, it doesn't KO at all, which is kind of disappointing. But it still does good damage and has sun properties, giving you another move to work with to keep the combo going. During my first few matches with, against the AI, I got my ass handed to me since my muscle memory kept clashing with what I learned from last week's presentation. But I eventually got a handle on dealing big damage and racking up KOs against the strongest computer opponents. Kazuya hits like a truck, and his super armor on his forward smash really helps in a pinch. I've also gotten used to the project projectile deflecting left splits kick, a move I never would have guessed could do that. As for Kazuya's classic mode, it pits him against uh, fighters that primarily use their fists. These include one-on-ones against Ryu, Little Mac, and Lucario, and a 1v2 match against Donkey Kong and King K. Rule to represent how you fight animals in Tekken, specifically the Barracuma and the Raptor of Boxing Gloves named Alex. Yes, those are things that happen in Tekken. My favorite fight is against the Mii fighters wearing the soldier garbs, which is pretty much a reference to the Tekken 4 intro where Kazuya returns after being presumed dead 20 years prior and beats the shit out of Tekken 4 soldiers. So I thought that was a cool throwback. His uh, new stage, the Mishima Dojo, is also really cool. It's Heihachi stage from Tekken 2 and is the backdrop for a specific moment in Tekken 7 that really makes me sad. If you knock dudes into the walls or ceiling, it bursts apart, kind of like the King of Fighters stadium. Heihachi's also in the background, and he reacts to KOs. It is a bit disappointing that we don't see other characters as well, but it makes sense in continuity because he's literally the only dude that hangs out in this dojo at all. Unless he's attacked by killer robots a la Tekken 5's opening, but that's neither here nor there. Music choices are great, too. There's at least two from every game in the series. Some of my favorite includes Kazuya's theme uh, from the arcade and PS1 versions of Tekken 2, as well as a godlike remix. I love that. The opening theme for Tekken Tag Tournament, Moonlit Wilderness, Snow Castle, Heat Haze Shadow, and a remix of Aloneness, the ending theme of Tekken 7 that I already really liked when it had vocals. Playing as Kazuya is really fun, though I feel like I could use a bit more practice. Can't wait to fight you guys with this character, especially Ben's Ryu. That would be pretty sick to reenact Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So, yeah. Uh, Act like my Ryu is something to be feared, and it's not. <laughs> I fear no man, not even your Ryu. So, yeah. Uh, since this new DLC got me on a bit of a Tekken high, I started replaying some older games for a bit. The first is Tekken Tag Tournament, a.k.a. the best PS2 launch game ever. 
I decided to make this the next video subject for Tiger Shoes Reviews, and I have everything else follow suit. I also figured to record high-definition em emulation on my PC, so no longer will you see the choppy 780p footage on games that run on composite. It is literally a godsend. The game's still fun as hell, and I think I overindulged with footage recorded so far. I also dabbled a bit in the Xbox 360 version of uh, Tekken 6 on my Xbox One X. And if you play that game regularly on 360, the load times are unbearably long. But on the X, they're instantaneous, which is a godsend, I will say that much. It's still fun. At least the fighting modes are. The big story mode called Scenario Campaign isn't so much. It's a 3D beat-em-up where you switch between free-running to Tekken controls as soon as enemies appear. It gets old really quickly, and the mode is way too long for what it is. I'll go more in-depth when I properly review it, so stay tuned when that eventually drops. I'm also in talks with Lo and playing some Tekken 7 matches on PC, so that'll be fun. I was actually planning on properly learning how to play as newcomer Lydia Sobieska, since she looks super sick, as well as Kazumi Mishima, the dead wife of Heihachi that summons a teleporting pet tiger for some of her moves. And yes, she literally does a tiger uppercut. Yep. That, or I'll just say... No, no June Kazuma, though. No, uh, no... I have a crackpot theory for uh, Tekken 8's plot involving June, but she's basically the red herring of the series, so... Who knows? It'll probably be a thing. Uh, I'll probably just stick with my main guy, Jin, who I've been playing for a good 20 years at this point. He's my boy. I love him. So, yeah. That's all I got. Okay. Um, cool. I'm Tekken still on sale for next two days, so... Yes! I don't know. Get that shit. Know. It's super fun. We'll see. We'll see. I don't... I don't... It's $6 don't on know. Steam. Yeah, I guess. Uh, anyways, um, I've been feeling... I'm still feeling kind of... like I know I sound better, but... You know, those quieter moments is still not 100% there. So, um, I've just been feeling nostalgic and just wanting to relive old games. And obviously last week I talked about Sonic Adventure and stuff like that. So, like, this week I was really struggling what to play. Um, I, I started up, uh, and this is part of the nostalgia trip, uh, Digimon, the, the Digimon game that Tyler was uh, talking yes. about, Cyber Sleuth. So I started it up, and man, I don't know what to feel. I feel like... I just started it, and I feel like this isn't what I was expecting, and I think it's because I was—I'm so used to the show, and like I wasn't expecting what I was expecting. It feels very much like Persona, or like my comparison is Tokyo Mirage Sessions. You have a hub, you can do things around the hub, and you're there's not like, and it looks like you only have specific dungeons where you go and actually fight stuff, and uh, and that like that, and so. I don't know how to feel about it yet. I think it has charm. Um, it was nice seeing like some Digimon I remember, uh, you know, like Palmon and Agumon, Gabumon right off the start. Um, seeking fucking one of the first NPCs you run into has a fucking machine Dramon, which I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to feel about it yet because like I feel like leveling doesn't take long, but like I feel like there's I don't know. I'm only I'm barely into the second chapter. Um, I do like how there's like this, you have to basically solve cases like you work for, uh, without getting to spoiler territory, you ba basically an incident happens when your, your avatar is online, causes you to work for a, uh, 
a par- I guess paranormal or supernatural uh, she detective She is a agency. cyber sleuth, Kyoko Kuremi. Right, and so basically you are just investigating weird shit around like uh, this mall. You your your uh, home base is a mall, which I find that that's kind of that's kind of funny. Uh, and basically, you have to solve mysteries in the real world that solve in the digital world. Um, I did fight my first boss, which is this weird, like, it, I didn't know what it looked like. It wasn't a Digimon at all, um, but uh, I don't know what to make of that. It's an eater. Um, they explain it more as the story goes on. Yeah, so I don't know how, because I feel like, am I, like, because, like, I generally want to think, like, am, am I grinding? Do I, should I be grinding? Because I already have a couple of Digimon to, like, to rookie status, I think. Um, I wish I could pull up my team right now, but, uh, like, I, like, it's... You don't capture them like Pokemon. You kind of have to run into them a certain amount of times, and then you can register them, and then uh, you it'll tell you Digivolution possible. And usually, at least early on, I'm sure it gets much more like complicated. Not complicated, but requirements go up more. As yeah, they, they do, the, especially uh, for Megamons, which uh, require more prerequisites. Right. So, like, right, like uh, I got um, uh, God the Seal Digimon. I got his pre-evolution. Uh, I don't remember his. I can't Gomamon? remember what its name. I think so. Uh, but I only wanted him because I know he can. Like in the show, he turns into Zudamon, the cool dude with the hammer, and I want that guy. Dude, on my team. you should see his mega. It is literally a Viking. Yeah, I, I'd imagine. So, like, I'm, I'm. I think I need to play it more. I think I, I stopped like at the perfect time where like. Okay, when I pick it back up, I can I can go from here. But I'm wondering like, what's the balance going to be? Because I you have you can level up Digimon and like they like either by battling like normal sense. It's pretty much like Pokemon. Uh, you have an attack, you, you you know four like multiple attacks. You have status effects. Um, you can have three party members out at once, which is nice. Um, or actually, yes, I think yes, you can have three part three yeah. three team members out at once. Literally, but you can only time. have. You literally, but you can only have a certain amount of Digimon on your team based on how much memory you have. Does memory increase? It does. Um, uh, there's an item okay. that uh, you can increase your memory as you go along the story. Right. Cause so so far, I think your memory is at 20. So if your Digimon's memory count, if your total memory count hits higher, you can't carry. So like you could, you could have a team of low level Mons be 20, but you're going to be like weak overall. Or you could have some strong ones. So I got Guilamon, because uh, he I couldn't Gilemon's evolve into super Agumon. Sick. He's my main. Yeah, I couldn't evolve into Agumon, so I was like, "Well, I recognize you." Um, I and like it was kind of hard because I was like, "It shows you silhouettes." And what I do like about this game is that, like, well, I can digivolve them into this thing, but you can also uh, like undigivolve them. So like maybe you don't like that evolution. Maybe you want your team composition to be different. You can undigivolve them to their baby forms and re-evolve them into another form that you think maybe might work better. Or if you see it out in the yeah. field, like oh this means. Or you could just. I, this is where I, fi- I feel. I feel it's kind of weird. Like why would you undigivolve something that's at a certain point when you can just capture a new one and just throw it into the into the. Uh, I can answer that question actually. Uh, there's a hidden stat called ABI. I explained this before, but it only increases uh, when you evolve and de- uh, de-evolve your Digimons and uh, specific evolutions, mostly the Megas require a specific amount of ABI just to get them so you're encouraged to evolve and de-evolve as much as you can so you can get that stat high up it also uh, so basically it also influences their max level as well 
So basically, you're telling me to basically try to go for every single form the Mon has? Um, I'm just saying to uh, evolve and de-evolve as much as possible so you can get that threshold. That way with, you don't have to worry about it later. With, with like a specific monster is what you're saying, right? More or less, yeah. Because in my okay. first playthrough, I wanted to get War Greymon as soon as possible. And through the game, I was just uh, naturally uh, making my Agumon uh, go up to Metal Greymon. And... Uh, my Metal Greymon had all the stats. It was at the right level. It had the right amount of attack and HP, all that. But the only stat it didn't have was ABI. It wasn't high enough. So, not knowing about that, I had to look it up. And I was like, oh shit, I have to uh, de-evolve in order to get this uh, hidden stat up. So, I had to backtrack a bit to uh, just so I can get this uh, stupid number up. And over time, after a bit of grinding, I was able to get War Greymon. And, um, yeah. It, it eventually worked so, out, but it like, was kind of annoying. So, like, when would you say is a good upper time to de-digivolve something? Because uh, then they, they start over at level one. Like, is if it's a if mine's is a rookie rank right now, that's not a... That, why should I de-digivolve it at this point? Uh, my basic strategy is uh, to have one of your main party members uh, be a champion in the early game. And once you start fighting uh, champions, then that's when you upgrade them to ultimate and uh, have some of your uh, lesser parties become champions and so on and so forth. And uh, you just go from there. It's basically the same progression as in the show. Yeah, where some achieved a level of status that the others didn't. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just, that is like, I hate that's a hidden stat and thank you for telling me, but like, that's like, it does if the game doesn't tell you about that like well why would i de-digivolve other than wanting a new form yeah that was um, my problem at first you know so we'll see how that goes again i'm very early on um i mean presentation's nice um i mean it's 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 very dungeon it looks like i didn't realize it was like a dungeon crawler where like you kind of go through these set areas and they very look all the same so it looks nice i'll say that much um uh, it's just adjusting to the aesthetic. I think I need to adjust the aesthetics in its gameplay. Uh, again, the turn-based combat is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll have to see how the combat system works. I'm just wondering how the balance between the digital world and the real world are going to factor in. Because I was, I was thinking this entire game was inside a digital world, but it's not. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I do like that there's a shady corporation. Oh, yeah. It. I know that was like a plot point in like season three in like the, the Tamers, I think it was called. Yeah, and um, that was also a thing in uh, Zero Two, I think. At least in the second never, half of that. Never watched anything past Tamers, my guy. So that's completely that lost was before. On like Zero, was it? I yeah, don't... Zero Two is the second season with. Uh... Oh, I never, I never referred it to as Zero Two. That's probably why I was confused. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll report back more. When I play it, but I kind of just like I felt over, I felt overwhelmed by it. Um, so. Um, and I, maybe just my headspace is, I don't know, like, not right for RPGs right now. Um, or at least, or at least RPGs that require certain things to pay attention to. Uh, so I want to, that led me to wanting to play something simple and, you know, fun. Something that I knew, um, that wasn't like an action game, or at least a hardcore action game. I, and I wasn't in the mood to play Zelda. So I was like, well, fuck, what do I, oh, there's Mega Man X right there. So I put in my cartridge of the Legacy Collection I... Played through Mega Man X this weekend, and you know, oh, it's a fun that time. game's been ta- yeah, that game's been talked to death. But like, it's it's never not 
it's never uh, it's always fun to pick up like and I didn't like I didn't do any challenge runs I, I actually it's the first time in a long time I just didn't go for the Hadouken because I I realized like well I always suck at it anyway so there's no point in me going wasting time to go get it I've already completed this game I don't need to do it this time but it, it's it's still super fun like um and like how fast it is and how unique and how like that that soundtrack still kicks so yes. much ass like. It. It's 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 crazy in how good it is. Even the st- the tracks that people don't talk about uh, still still rock out to this day. And um, it's always a pleasure being able to kick Sigma's ass now without even like sweating. I remember when I when I first started streaming back in like 2016, and like I did a Buster only run of of X, and like I managed to beat uh, Sigma Buster only, which I, I beat him before, but never um, never Buster only. And so to be able to beat the game like that was an accomplishment this time i just said occasionally i did buster if i had no choice but i'm like i was confident enough to to do it but i was like you know i don't i, I just want to kind of go through this so weakness 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 it yeah. was so fun um i even started up x2 today uh just because and i feel like x2 is severely underrated by like that because you hear nothing about x and x is really good but i think as a preference wise i really like x2 uh the weapons the some of the power-ups are really cool the armor pieces i love the um the 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 buster upgrade where you shoot two energy beams at once and super it's just, dope. Oh, it's just it's 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 awesome and I like some of the I like the bosses a lot more I think the music's really good uh, I know some people complain about the Maverick Hunters but I'm like they they aren't that bad all you have to do you can you play know, Zero just, together like it's the Lego it's cool yeah and and even then like even like and I learned this because I managed to I managed to save Zero um, but like I learned this like the hard way it's like well uh, you know, even if you don't save Zero immediately, he comes back anyways. So it's like it just ba- all it basically means is you have an extra boss fight to do before Sigma. You fight against Zero, and I've never done that. And I, just just because I'm used to fighting the Maverick Hunters, I fought them all, and got to pieces anyways. But I kind of want to do another run at some point where like I don't save him and I have to do that boss fight against him because I've never seen it. But I know it's a thing. Uh, but then of course the real Zero comes back. I don't know how he does. But he does, um, yeah. Um, I think yeah. Unfortunately, I I think I think that's it. I didn't play really any more anything else. Um, at least that I would deem interesting. Uh, it's it's one of those things weeks where like I want to start something, but I just like again it was hard enough to start Cyber Sleuth, let alone uh, start anything else. And X just felt like the easiest thing to do. Um, I I did want to I, shout I, out yeah. that uh, me and Ben started streaming uh, Resident Evil Five last week. I didn't mention it before. Um, oh yeah, I didn't know if you were, so I figured. Oh I'd right, yeah. Now, um, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I personally am struggling with the controls. I'm just I'm not a big fan of like the Resident Evil tank control type thing. Um, but yeah, it's not even, it's not even tank. It's well, I guess it is tank controls. I guess it's just yeah. Um, I, I had a good time. The controls are definitely, I won't lie, they are taking getting used to, but once I started playing it, it was, it was like, oh, okay, here we are, um, remembering the buttons and everything like that. Uh, I will say I do love my moment, um, and I should have streamed it, but I just wasn't in the mood to do it, um, of where we meet, me, Justin and I meet this chainsaw motherfucker, and I literally told Justin, leave him mm-hmm. to me, I got this, and Justin had to deal with the cannon fodder, and I had to, I basically one-on-one 
this chainsaw clown, and it was pretty cool. I, I was expecting to die or get hit or something, but no, I, I you know being able to take him out was pretty cool. Uh, again, I, I watched that clip back, Justin. You did. It looked like he shot me on purpose or on the barrels on purpose when I was there. Wow. So. I did not know you were there um, until you popped out after it was already exploded. Just saying. Mm-hmm. You can see the clip. I'm clearly doing. You can see the clip. I'm clearly doing a somersault kick to somebody, and then he shoots. Uh, so just, just, you go watch the clip and be, be the judge. but it's a fine game. The funny thing is we almost didn't know if it was going to work because the game downloaded for me just fine. It looks great. Runs great. Of course, it's Mm -hmm. a 2005 game running on this new bad boy. But, uh, apparently I didn't notice it uses, um, games for windows live service, which you don't remember. I never played that era of PC gaming, so I don't know. But uh, apparently, uh, it does. It didn't work for me. It wouldn't launch. It just wouldn't launch. So all I had to do was download uh, like the newest patch. The, the latest patch was like 2018, just to get it functioning, and it worked, no problem. So if you play Resident Evil Five, you bought it for the sale and it's not working. Either there's a fan patch you can do, which you can go that way if you want. Uh, the the uh, the Games for Windows Live thing was just the first thing I saw, so I was just like, I'll just download that. You know, it's it's safe. It's got to be safe. So, not that I don't think the fan patch is safe, because obviously it would be taken down, or you would have heard about it by now. But yeah, and it looks great. It, it's, I was surprised on how how great it looks and just how like intense the game is. Like, it's definitely not a horror game, like say classic RE or even RE four so far. But it's mm-hmm. definitely tense. Like, there's always because like, they're always sending you. I imagine this is even more so at that time because you had never seen so many enemies come at you at once. Um, uh, but I, I won't lie. Part of it, part. During specific times, and especially the bats, it felt like I was playing House of the Dead <laughs> versus Resident Evil, based on how many times we were shooting up in the air at something. But it's a good time so far, and I, I could imagine playing this in single player being okay. But I yeah. think it's definitely a game made for uh, co-op slash multiplayer. All right, rather say multiplayer because if you play co-op, it's actual split screen, which that looks split screen. Yeah, not that good, would be in my hard. Opinion. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping we'll get to finish it. I forgot to look up how, how long it is, but I can't wait to see you guys fight Wesker. Spoilers. We're not going to fight Wesker. Um, uh, it's you fucking know, RE5. Everybody, every, every, everybody knows you fight Wesker, and Chris fuck boulders Redfields push, pushes a boulder into killing him. Um, or who knows? Right? Maybe Wesker's alive at the ending of RE8. I don't know. Maybe you should go play RE8 and find out for yourself, clowns. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, me and Justin will be streaming that uh, a couple weeks before Skyward Sword comes out, which I think is like in two yeah, weeks Yeah, but it now, comes out on a Friday, so it'll still it's... be like, you know, there will still be a Thursday there uh, before okay. the game's out. Right. Okay, so look look for that. We'll, we'll stream it for, for a bit. I wanted to stream RE6 uh, just because, but I feel like maybe RE5 is going to be better overall because I think it's a much more fun game, uh, mechanically at least. So hey, it's the first time I've played it. So uh, I think it, I think it's gonna work out. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for the new section, or the new section. Let's just talk about the game section. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking about the news of the week. So sit tight and come on back. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the news section of the Charge Shot Gamescast. We don't have a lot of news this week, but I think that works out because we had a pretty fun topic uh, that's going for us. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about it. Uh, at E3 2021, this past, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, it was revealed at the god awful Square Enix <laughs> conference that the original first six Final Fantasy games would be getting pixel quote unquote pixel remasters 
coming to iPhones, or I guess I say mobile devices, mobile devices and Steam, no mention of consoles. So a lot of people led the speculation on what exactly coming out, what's going on. So um, we actually have some information. Uh, it seems that uh, the Pixel remasters of Final Fantasies 1, 2, and 3 will be coming uh, at the at, as of July 28th. Uh, and four, five, and six—they have Steam pages, uh, but there's no in, in, that we can't see what they officially look like, other than they're coming soon. And if you go to IGN's uh, website, you can get a better look at what these uh, screenshots look like. Um, some of the key features include these features include update, universally updated 2D pixel graphics, including the iconic Final Fantasy character designs by Kazuko Shibuya, the original artist and current collaborator. Legendary Final Fantasy composer Nobu Omatsu is overseeing the rearranged soundtracks for these games. To have uh, Ensure a faithful Final Fantasy style. There will also be more improved gameplay, including modernized UI, auto battle options, and more. Supplemental ter- ex- uh, extras like bestiary, illustration gallery, music players will also be included with each title. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then there was a presentation about it, discussing it um, with, uh, with Hironobu Sakaguchi, the, uh, one of the original creators of Final Fantasy. Um, they discuss more about these upcoming games that will be released in PC and mobile devices. The Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remaster is not a collection of games. Each one will be sold separately. Team is no mention of whether these games will be released all at the same time or if only take off a few. Obviously, we know that, that they're coming out. Three of them are coming out at the end of this month. So, yeah, I didn't think we would get them this quick, honestly. I figured, like, a fall release, but at the end of this month, you're going to be able to play the not good Final I mean, that's bad to say. Uh, Final Fantasy 1 is actually not bad, especially if you're playing the PS4. Final Fantasy 3 is great. So, um, it looks... Yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, it's three is the best one of the original three. Gonna... That was, I guess, but barring sure, the final part, I, I mean, yeah, the final dungeon is trash. Uh, but like overall, the game actually has you know more story and like. I think it depends on which version you're playing. Honestly, like if you're talking about the NES ones, and I would say I would say, like probably like just by default, but I'd rather play Final Fantasy One PSP. Over any version of Final Fantasy three, I like the the so. three uh, the 3D version on the DS also. Final Fantasy 3D. I think that is what they called it. Our, all right, did we? I don't. I, it doesn't mention anywhere here on prices, um, but I will say it looks like Square is definitely putting more effort into this than they did those mobile ports. Pretty much all they did was kind of just change the sprite design a little bit. Uh, the one thing that I think people can agree negatively on is the fact that the font that they're using for the in game for like and maybe you can change it i don't see anything but the font that they're using for the for the battle menus is yeah. awful there's i yeah, don't think there's anything great. hiding around it it's too it's too small um like i don't know like i don't i don't know who decided this maybe it's a prototype maybe or not prototype maybe it's like a stand in like this is just you can change it later but it just doesn't Oh, it's just so jarring because but... it's like this nice, you know, crisp, uh, like remastered pixel art, and then this clearly not pixelized font, but only in the the like gradient boxes where text is because the on screen text, like when you hit and do damage and stuff, is still like a different pixel That's font. Pix- yeah, it's yeah. just bad design. Oh. Ugh. Yeah, I will say the 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 overall like art looks like the the remasters themselves they mm-hmm. look really really good. I think my favorite instance 
of it is uh, the Final Fantasy VI screenshot, which is uh, Terra, Wedge, and Biggs overlooking yeah. the uh, Narsh, yeah. is it, right? Mr. Final, Mr. Final Fantasy VI? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can actually see more of the city uh, in the background, which you, I think you could va- you could kind of see it in the Super Nintendo Barely. version and the GBA versions, but here uh, you see like the whole town in, in the ravine, it looks... It looks it looks really nice, but also still looks familiar. But they don't look like they're mm-hmm. washed out counterparts uh, from the mobile ports a couple a couple years ago. So, um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to playing Final Fantasy V, yeah, um, which is a better version of Final Fantasy III. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put that. Up I mean, there that's right bad. Now. Um, so like, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm I'm kind of glad these aren't a collection, um, just because I don't have no interest in playing. Final Fantasy two or three, and I, you know, if I maybe if I want to play one, I can do that, and you know, maybe that that should be fun. Um, but I'm I'm really glad I can pay play Final Fantasy five and six, four, five, and six. Although I probably won't buy four just because I have a pretty good version of it already on mm-hmm. the PSP. But that's a me thing. Yeah, I pretty much just want five. I honestly want to try out six because that's the only one I haven't really played what? yet. Six is the best. Yeah, I mean, I I'd probably talking. get six just to have like the definitive version of it, basically. Um, but I don't see myself like replaying it right away. Uh, five, I'd want to get to to just play because I haven't played that since like the SNES version. The 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 the, the fan yeah. translated one. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I have that too. I have it both. Uh, hold on. Um, what are you? I know you're. I only have the PS One version that you can get from the PS Three store. I mean, I had what is that? Uh, anthology. I think I had the PS One, uh, collection with like five and six or whatever. But though that those versions are trash because of the loading times, so I didn't play very much of it. Yeah, I can't yeah, even I'm... get it because um, the disc from mine is scratched mm. pretty badly. Oh no, no. Well. Uh, I, I won't lie. Like I know they're going to be played for mobile for right now. I'm I would be surprised if at some point Square is not going to put these on consoles or at least on Nintendo Switch. It just again that's like that's the biggest eyesore. But I will say, hey, uh, mobile phones have definitely improved uh, mm-hmm. for quality in terms of like how they present games and how they run stuff. So I would I would like mind playing Final Fantasy VI on my phone. You know, since I'd rather have it portably, yeah. Um, you know, and I and I have a way to play the uh, to the the old the SNES version on my Super Nintendo Classic. So, um, or on uh, I even have the DS, the 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 the, the advanced version. So, yeah, um, I mean, with with my mobile yeah, controller, I, I'd I probably just, get it on on mobile too. Uh, the good thing is that you don't need um. Uh, a controller really with this since it's just a you know simple well, yeah. base, not really requiring you for com- but it still feels inputs. Um, but uh, do we, I don't think we have a price. Uh, the entire collection on them is on Steam for like seventy five dollars, um, which would make each game about twelve dollars. Twelve dollars a game. That's not bad. I mean, granted, some people will buy the whole collection. I thought it was twenty dollars, but maybe that's maybe that was in other places. Um, uh, but yeah, if it's twelve dollars to pl- to play them, that's I would I would definitely double dip for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy five and six for both. 
Steam and and mobile device and my. I mean, with how updated they are really and how much better they are than past versions on you know various stores that were more than twelve dollars, it's not bad. <laughs> there's new music. There's new yeah, visuals. Just, just like, put... It's it's all there. Yeah, they added the bestiary, which like like that's yeah. a big thing. The only thing is they um, they removed some so... content from later versions, like the you know the GBA uh, ports had like end game dungeons and that kind of thing and like a few i think uh final fantasy 6 had a few new espers and stuff and none of that stuff is going to be there these are faithful recreations of their original games the original um yeah which means final fantasy 4 is going to be piss poor easy because of just i really hope i really hope they that that means you may not want to play this version of final fantasy 4 because final fantasy 4 we got in america Again, it could maybe maybe it's based off the Japanese version, so let's cross your fingers with that at least. Because the Final Fantasy version, Final Fantasy IV version that we got, they removed the command stuff that you got for each character, which is those commands aren't exactly great, but they help make the characters feel unique. Um, also, they made it easier in the in in the U.S. version, so hopefully, it's based off the Japanese uh, release versus. Uh, the the U.S. release what we got at least yeah. for four, not necessarily six. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next bit of news. Um, as we're dealing with a hacking situation, um, this is courtesy of Bloomberg. Ooh, we're gonna go hit the high points now. Um, at least I hope you can read. Yes, you can. Thank you. Uh, robbing the Xbox Vault inside a ten million dollar. Gift card Ten million dollars. Did it? Yes. Uh, the Xbox gift cards come with came with a string of twenty five letters and numbers. These digits owned as a five by five code were sent in an email, but they were no different from numbers and letters etched onto gift cards hanging off tall racks near the checkouts at aisles at Seabus Target, arrayed in a Rubik's cube of colors. These stores sell them on behalf of Apple, Applebee's, Disney, Domino's, pretty much every other company you can think of, including Microsoft Corporation, which markets its cars under the Xbox brand. The cars themselves, of course, are worthless, but each 5x5 code responds to a dollar amount. In this case, the code, as long as code, I'm not going to read it, was worth $15 towards the purchase of anything that Microsoft sold online, video games, Office, and Windows software, Lenvo, Lenovo, laptops, Sonos, speakers, and the like. In this way the gift cards can be bought, thought of as a sort of a digital currency not like bitcoin the comparison may seem silly but given that gift cards today are, uh given that gift cards today are of the bygone uh bygone era of blockbuster video what excuse me the there's still one blockbuster given that the, no but like gift cards gift cards date to the bygone i feel like gift cards are evergreen i don't i feel like that's trying to say that gift cards are dated but maybe i'm reading it wrong um but today, there are online marketplaces where anyone can trade gift card codes for Bitcoin and then turn spoils into cash. I didn't realize that was a thing. These marks, these markets inevitably attract speculators and become trades. Vladimir Kushevik received the $15 code a few weeks ago before Christmas in 2017 among a batch of 20 others worth $300 altogether. But the engineer who went by Volva for short and was in his mid-20s hadn't paid for the Xbox cards themselves, nor were they some early holiday present from the relatives. Kuchevic, uh had recently begun a full-time job at Microsoft headquarters in Redmond, Washington, testing the company's e-commerce infrastructure. His team's focus was to stimulate the purchase of Microsoft's online store. This meant making a lot of pretend pretend purchases in the store. If Kuchevic added a 
Dell PC's shopping cart. He used a follow credit card. Microsoft provided complete transaction document. Any errors? System knew the purchase was fake and wouldn't deliver the device to his desktop. At least that was supposed to happen. And this is, I guess, where it gets interesting. Lukashevich found a bug that would change his life. A false was stupidly obvious that he couldn't bring himself to report it to his managers. He noticed that whenever he tested the purchase of gift cards, the Microsoft Store dispensed real 5x5 codes. It dawned on him he could generate virtually unlimited codes, all for free. A former senior engineer on Kushik's team, who, like other sources in this story, spoke on the condition of anonymity to avoid being publicly associated with his wrongdoing that followed, says that this is the Halo Age equivalent of Frontier Banking leaving its fault unlocked. Sooner or later, someone's going to try to get away with twenty or taking $20. Uh, when they don't get caught, they figure all these six guys stamp you have the safe one night and one other one, no other employees around. So, yeah, it looks like it just kind of snowballs into there. Um, and, uh... Yeah, and the fact that it's being traded for Bitcoin. This is a really mm-hmm. long article, um, but that's sort of like just the basis of it all. Like that's that's amazing. Like I'm I'm applauding that and also horrified by that that it went on for this long. Wow. So he worked for Microsoft to like basically check for scams, and then he did a scam while working for Microsoft's scam team. I mean, I know fucking people, I've, I've seen fucking people at Walmart with the Lost Prevention team fucking, they're supposed to do that shit. I've seen them take shit Well, before, I mean, I so guess, like, yeah, th- you're less likely to get ahead. caught when you're the one on that team. Yeah, no, who's going to suspect right. you I'm like, unless somebody actively looks and at And you know how to get doing. around the... Um, yeah, exactly. Um, hell, I know how to do that, too. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, this is, this is wild. Um... I, I just can't believe like it went unnoticed for this long. Let alone, I didn't know that he was trading this like for for uh, bitcoins and shit. Yeah, but he was caught, right? Um, yeah. So after combing through CVS C- CSV data, Microsoft found that one of Kuchivik's official test accounts had bought some Xbox gift cards illegitimately in 2017. More suspiciously, Kuchivik was connected to another branch of stolen codes that had been used at Microsoft's web store to buy three high-end GeForce graphics. See, mm-hmm. that's where you fuck up. That's where you fuck up when you Stay rob small. shit. You don't. You don't fucking start buying like expensive cars and like no. You stay small. Nobody's going to fucking notice except yeah. for the IRS. Nobody has changed even the then, security on the $1 bill since its invention. You could counterfeit as yep. many $1 bills as you wanted, and no one would know because they don't have any kind of like strip or anything on them. Right. Stay small. But the second you fucking the fucking second you start bragging and the second you start like, "Oh yeah, look, I I bought a new car." I I bought, I got this, I got a new computer, I bought a new TV. I'm like, hold up. How the fuck were you able to get, like, yeah. there's no way. Like, somebody's going to put it together. Stay fucking small. Also, uh, just to put a disclaimer, don't steal kids. Um, unless you can't, unless you won't get caught. <laughs> um, but steal from Walmart all the time. You kind of ruined the disclaimer. Steal from Walmart all the time. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> steal. Go ahead, steal. Just don't get caught. Be smart about it. If you're going to steal, be smart about it and steal small. Like, seriously. R slash illegal um, life tips. Don't hurt anybody. Yeah. Don't don't hurt anybody. Just put it in your pocket. I guarantee you the Walmart employee doesn't care that you put that Godzilla toy in your pants. I guarantee, or put that Hot Wheel in your pants. I don't I care. I took so much free food from Walmart away. when I worked there. I just walked yeah, to the should. deli, grabbed my food, and then walked uh, to the back. 
Didn't care. Nice. All right. So let's move on to something else. Um, we have an update on Ghosts of Tsushima, the critically acclaimed exclusive PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 game that came out only a year ago. Obviously, with the PS5 out and a lot of games getting their quote-unquote upgrade versions, Ghost of Tsushima is officially receiving theirs coming uh, both on PS5 and PS4. Or a, okay, rather, a director's cut is coming on both PS4 and PS5 on August 20th. Um, and so, uh, basically, Italy, uh, we're gonna it's going to get a new island, Iki Island. Um, uh, it's going to have more trophies. Uh, and then here's here's more interesting stuff. This is like the PS5 exclusive, so I think both PS4 version and PS5 versions will be getting Iki Island, so a whole new area to explore uh, for the director's cut. Uh, while direct, and this is again, this is for the PS5 version exclusive. While director's cut players on both PS4 and PS5 will have access to the Iki Island content, PlayStation 5 players will have access to a few additional features. Heard your feedback talk about the lack of Japanese lip sync in the original version of Ghost of Tsushima, and it's something we worked hard to address in this new release. Thanks to PS5's ability to render cinematics in real time, cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima and on Iki Island on PS5 will now offer limp sync for Japanese voiceover, which I think is that's that's really cool, and that's the power of PS5. Um, uh, we're also happy to confirm Ghost of Tsushima and Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and the new Iki Island expansion will all take advantage of haptic feedback and adaptive triggers in Director's Cut. There will also be enhancement to 3D audio, which unfortunately Justin can't enjoy, but <laughs> for others he can. Uh, well, I'm just saying you can't. No, you I literally know. can't. That's true. Um, uh, it also be enhancements to 3D audio on PS5 as well as drastically improved load times, 4K resolution options, and frame rate targeting 60 FPS. All right. Um, other updates. Some other dates. Uh, Director's Cut, anyone who's already owned Ghost of Tsushima will be able to download a patch containing some new updates. Once again, many of these updates are directly thinking of the cons- thinking. All players receive a patch with some new accessibility options for alternate control layouts, as well as options to the- enable a target lock-on during combat. As for- and for the person who tweets us all the time asking us an option to hide your quiver during gameplay, yes, we'll be adding that too. Finally, for Ghost of Tsushima uh, uh, Legend fans... Um, We'll be at releasing new updates, including all new mode that we're excited to work in detail. Welcome. All new Ghost of Tsushima Legends updates will be available. No additional charge. Okay. And then pre-orders and upgrades. It will launch on August 20th for $69.99 on PS5, $59.99 on PS4. You'll be able to pre-order digitally at the places store physical versions for your retailers. If you pre-order at participating retailers, you'll receive a digital mini soundtrack uh, with the tracks in the original Ghost of Tsushima as well as the two new songs from Iki Island. The digital art book featuring section uh, section of art of Ghost of Tsushima as well as 10 new pieces of Iki Island conception art. Pre-order at PS, uh, the PlayStation Store anytime you get access to download the PS4 version of Ghost of Tsushima immediately so you can start experiencing the main game early and transfer your progress to pick it up where you left off in the director's cut launches in August. So, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS5, on uh, PS4, uh, you pre-order director's cut upgrade to for just $20. The upgrade will be available starting on August 20th. Um, if you bought the Director's Cut on PS4, you'll be able to upgrade the Director's Cut on PS5 on PS5 for $9.99. You can also upgrade directly from the original Ghost of Tsushima PS4 to Director's Cut on PS5 for $29.99. So, yeah. The only thing I don't like here is that you I have to pay to upgrade to the Director's Cut PS5. Like this, I think this is the first game to not do a free PS5 upgrade. Yeah, yeah. like that. Well, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I'm just worried it's going to start a trend. I think it is. 
Pro- I mean, I would think it's because of like a lot of the other games. Most of it was like not not to say that it wasn't minimal, but other games were not adding a whole new area. Yeah, but this is director's cut PS4 manually. to director's cut PS5. So the whole new area and stuff is already there. I also I still think that's attributed to why they're charging so much, why they're charging anything, because it's it is a whole new area, and they probably feel like they have to charge it just according to the budget. I mean, why else wouldn't another game do it? Because Doom, um, I mean, I, uh, for Horizon hasn't had its update, but I mean, just play the PC version at this point. Um, and it got a War get an update, I think. Um, Last of Us Two got it got its update. I think I think part of the reason why they're charging anything is because of uh, probably a lot more similar to the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. A lot more involvement went into this upgrade than anything we've seen before, and I assume it will be a trend because a lot of people will see this. Like, well, people will pay way more money for uh, convenience and having new features on their new console. Well, I guess I I can kind of see the point of that because this shows. Um, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you can upgrade to the Director's Cut on PS4 for twenty bucks. If you bought Director's Cut PS4, you upgrade to Director's Cut PS5 for ten, or you can upgrade directly from PS4, like you know, base game to Director's Cut PS5 for thirty. So it's the same price no matter how you do it, I guess. It's just, if you want to go from the original PS4 game to the director's cut on PS5, it's 30. Like, they don't have where you can just, like... Yeah, it's... There's nothing where you can, like, get the PS5 director's cut automatically. Unless you don't already own it, and then it's, you know, 60. So it's it's kind of confusing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it says like so like if you buy the director's cut, um, like for PS4, and then you can upgrade to PS5. So if you have a PS5 and then you buy it because there's only the PS4 version right now, to upgrade it will be five dollars, um, or be ten dollars, um. And you can also up- upgrade directly from the original Ghost of Tsushima, so just no director's cut. So basically, you're paying for the director's cut uh, to be the PS4 director's cut PS5 for $30. So pretty much, they're combining the pre-order money and the uh, and the just the, the, the like up, uh, um, uh, director's cut, director's cut into one thing. If you're just coming off, if you don't want to get the the director's cut for PS4 immediately, yeah. so it like, looks like the point is because like games are getting more so. expensive. So like the game is releasing at sixty bucks on PS4 and seventy on PS5. So you're paying that difference when you upgrade. Pretty much, and that's fair. But I still think, yeah, and like I said, I think they're charging anyways, just because of the. I guarantee you, Iki Island is probably like. Like, the lip syncing probably, was probably, like, easier, but, like, they're literally creating a whole new area for you to explore. And then they're, <coughs> they also, they mentioned the Legends, which is their multiplayer mode. They're probably adding stuff to that. I guarantee you that factors mm-hmm. all into that. If you don't like it, that's perfectly fine, but I'm just saying, like, 
games are expensive and they probably calculate into their budget like this is how much we have to charge and i mean no it's totally fine i just don't want this to become the norm where they start charging for the ps5 upgrades because that would suck yeah i i I think that's i think like dano said it's inevitable dog that's exactly what he said um (laughs) yes avengers uh, that must have been the to quote shakespeare fuck it yeah uh, I, what, I'm inevitable dog. <laughs> um, I should when they when they reboot the Avengers in like 30 years. I want to play Thanos. No, um, that, that's Thanos right. as played by Randy Jackson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a no from me, dog. I want and I, I now want Randy Jackson edited over Josh Brolin Thanos <laughs> ASAP. Alright, we got our last bit of news also concerning DLC. This is coming from our good friend Kale Michael. Shout out to Mr. Uh, Verified Esports. Um, NetherRealm Studios has officially said there will be no more Mortal Kombat 11 DLC. And out in the void, you heard a million Mortal Kombat fans cry out in English and it continued to cry even more. Um, so, uh, for, I, 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 so this is going to now talk about it. Um, NetherRealm Studios has put an end to community speculation about the next wave of Mortal Kombat 11 DLC. Announced that the company is focusing on this next project, and additional content won't be coming to the game. Um, they even put out a tweet basically saying the same thing. Um, this doesn't mean the developers are completely abandoning the game, but there, are, there will be no more DLC, including characters being worked on. Uh, the writing was on the wall for once NRS dropped Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, a version of the game that was bundled in the majority of games at the end of last year. The version featured all combat. Uh, combat 1 DLC, Fighters, the Aftermath expansion characters, and the Combat Pack 2 DLC that was announced alongside with it. Um, of course, that, that that was a pack that added John Rambo. Melina Rain was the final piece of, the char- uh, piece of character DLC for the game. The classic MK movie skin pack was released in November and will end up being the last DLC, big DLC overall. Um, of course, it was released in over in 2019, uh, with it, uh, and it will have, have a total playable roster of 37 playable characters, 25 on the base roster, and 12 DLC characters. The only update players should expect Moving forward, our balance patches and fixes. The two-year support window isn't uncommon for NetherRealm Studios. has been used for a majority of studios' games, including Mortal Kombat X, and both Injustice Gods Among Us games. Based on the track record, we'll likely hear about the next NRS project before the end of the year. Don't know if details are available at this time. So, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 has officially ended its its development time. And, like, I thought, having seen the Mortal Kombat... I know you guys probably don't follow Mortal Kombat Twitter like I do, but, like... How, how considering how much of fucking babies they are, the whole Molina thing and how they constantly harass Ed Boon for like care for characters and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all don't y'all didn't fucking deserve shit anyways. Yeah. Um, and like some of y'all are acting like this game was incomplete or didn't have this or that. I'm like, <laughs> motherfuckers gave us two full a full story mode uh, expansion story mode which has never been done before. Fucking 12 DLC characters, 25 complete playable characters, each with their three different fighting styles that you could customize, fully a, a, a great online mo- a single player mode um, that allows you to unlock stuff, which is problematic at the beginning, but they fixed it. Like, I understand not liking, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't like MK11 for a lot of things, but I'm just like, like, and I know like now they're twisting their words and like, well, we gave... Like they promised this would be the longest supported game, and it still only lasted two years. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm perfectly. They fine got with some it. impressive support. Like I got the characters. Like, yeah, it, it got a lot of support. Like, like that doing that second story mode thing was not was probably mm-hmm. not easy, and you know, um, and like adding all those characters in, 
um, and stuff like that. Like, and how, again, how visually, at least graphically wise, it looks. Um, like, like, I, I don't know what you guys want. And the fact that I immediately saw people begging for Injustice 3, y'all are gonna be bitching about this the same way y'all did with Injustice 2, the same way y'all did with MKX, and the same thing y'all did with this game. So, no, I, 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 I honestly hope that there is no Injustice 3. As, as much as I loved Injustice 2, I really hope they make something else. And yeah. not Injustice 3, because y'all don't deserve Injustice 3. Yeah, and it would be nice to see NetherRealm Studios uh, break through this uh, trend that they've been going through with their fighting games. Like, they brought us uh, Mortal Kombat 9, then Injustice, then Mortal Kombat X, then Injustice 2, then Mortal Kombat 11. So... Hopefully we'll see something different from. I want to see that uh, that rumored Marvel versus DC game. That'd be sick. I like, I, I would I, I know Ed has talked about like he that he wants to work at something that's not a fighting game. So I don't know if they'll be able hmm. to do that considering Warner Brothers controls like their contracts. I'm like you print us money by making fighting games. You're making a fucking fighting. I mean game. Warner Brothers so, is under new management. I don't know. So who knows what they'll allow. Right, but I mean, like, they make Mortal Kombat and in NetherRealm Studios makes money, yeah. is what I'm saying. So they're going to want to, they want to do something that makes money. So I don't know if they'll let Ed and his team make something that they want. Because people may not, because of how MK, M, NetherRealm player uh, fans are, they may not buy it because it's not MK or Injustice. Although there's, unless it's that Marvel. There, there's been, yeah, I mean, Marvel's DC people would buy that, but. There's been, like, Mortal Kombat games that aren't just straight fighting games, and not all of them have been terrible. Like, Shaolin Monks was pretty decent. Shaolin Monks. Um, so, that's the only one that's been well, decent. Well, that's fair. Uh, so, I mean, there's a possibility maybe they would dabble in something like that. I, I wouldn't even want them to do anything MK-related. Like, do something... Like, I, if, if I would... If, like, I would want them to do something original, something that they never tackled before, and, like, I know that's probably dangerous considering... How many like how many times the studio has done that and it falls flat on their asses and you know and stuff like that? But I would like them to see something try try a genre they're not familiar with and see how that would go. Something maybe that Ed's been itching it for like years to do, but he can't do it because Mortal Kombat's printing those checks. Gotta gotta keep gotta keep you know mom and dad happy. You know, yeah. do it do a full kart racing game. Yeah, right. That would be yeah. <laughs> that was a dope side mode. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was in Deception, uh, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because that one had uh, yeah. chess combat and cart combat or whatever. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because like, MK... We're, nobody nobody takes it seriously anymore, so let's just put this silly shit in there. Which, I kind of wish fighting games had modes yeah. like that now, you know? Versus, Tekken uh, Tag Tournament uh, 2 has that uh, weird volleyball game. Are you sure you're not talking about dead or, thinking of dead or alive? No, the in the <laughs> Wii U version of Tekken Tag Two, there's a there's a volleyball mini game, and it's the dumbest shit ever, and <laughs> I love it. I think you're thinking of dead or alive. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, uh, cry, another round, fans cry, y'all. Not everybody. I mean, obviously, you guys know how much I love Mortal Kombat 11. I got like 300 hours in that game in Dang. two years. Yeah. Like, I I got my money's worth with it on the Switch version, nonetheless. Although now this makes you kind of want to, like, maybe I'll buy the PC version at some point and, like, just... Oh, God, the grind. And now that the grinding is a lot easier, that they made the requirements to get, like, go through cha character towers, get costumes a lot easier. Um, 
I think I wouldn't mind playing it on 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 this bitch right here. I've got it on PC. But, just saying. And, and yeah, no, but you don't want to fight me anyway. So it's like, what's the? Uh, you, you, are Heck, you throwing your hat? I mean, I might on I know PC. You would. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that if I buy it, and then you're gonna hold me to a maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to a maybe. Um, because I know you, I'll be like, you ready to go? And like, and then I'll, I'll do a thing that you're not going to like. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the news, right? So we're going to go into our last topic of the night, which I think is a pretty fun one. We didn't have, we didn't put a vote to this one because it seemed, we were all unanimous on what it should be. So our topic for tonight is dream sequels. Obviously... Uh, as we've been gamers since at least the mid, early to mid nineties, we have seen many games get sequels, many games not get sequels. So the question is, you are in charge now to make the the, the game, the the dream sequel you've always wanted. And I'm going to put this out now, so maybe this will fuck up your pick or not. The game could theoretically have already had a sequel and you could still make that sequel you wanted. Or it could be a sequel to a game that never, that was going to happen but didn't happen. So, I don't think Justin's prepared because I'm calling him out for it right now. Justin, what is your dream sequel? What game okay. is your So, dream my sequel? dream sequel, picture this. Okay. The proper follow-up to Metroid Fusion. Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh. Yeah, we're, we're I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um ha ha ha. ha. Huh, no, huh, seriously, huh, that that huh, huh. Ha, 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 I mean, ha, I did a video on it. That was my answer until like two weeks ago. So, um, it, it became yeah, reality. it is a little tough for this one, but um, I think what I would want is a proper um, Super Mario RPG two. Uh, so. Mm. That was originally a thing, and it became Paper Mario. But, like, you know, the beta of that and everything started with Super uh, Mario RPG 2. Um, and I would love to see that Square crossover again with... What are y'all both looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at my game. Oh. Show. <laughs> you, like, both turned around at the same time. Like... Yeah, I was looking at my game. Show I know you're, you live kind of close to each other, but... Um. So yeah. Anyway, a proper square crossover that doesn't necessarily return to like that same story and stuff, but I'd love to see a similar art style because it still it holds up and like that, like kind of almost like a uh, like a claymation type art style. I think would look really cool in HD. Um, similar to like Link's Awakening HD. But less like ceramic, um, and more kind of like claymation storybook type. Uh, so not flat, you know. But anyway, um, and have like a proper like full-on RPG mechanics, not the kind of half-assed stuff that Paper Mario does these days. Um, Origami King was great, still not totally an RPG. Uh and actually take some risks, like introduce, you know, new characters again. Bring back Gino, ideally. 
Uh, Milo can stay in the trash where he belongs. But bring back Gino um, and some other new characters and tell like an epic original story like set in the Mushroom Kingdom or not. I don't have a lot of like specifics on what I'd want from it. Um, I just want an actual Nintendo Square crossover where Miyamoto backs off and lets Square make something crazy. Um, because I'm tired of this, like, you can't even have legitimate companions. It has to just be, here's a babam, Here's a Goomba. Like, they're nothing. Hey, hey, Bobby, you shut up, babam bomb No, that's true. Bobby died so that we could live. He's, he's a hero. But, in general, the companions have been trash. Um, and I just, I don't consider Paper Mario to be the Mario RPG sequel. But even if it was, you said, you know, a sequel could exist and we could still pick that. So, yeah. I want something epic in scale and, like, full-on turn-based RPG with, like, cool magic and all that stuff. Cool. Tyler, I'm really curious, because you are a man of many talents. You are a man who gets sequels to to his games that he loves. So what's your dream sickle? (laughs) Uh, my dream sickle uh, is not a scythe, but rather it is a proper sequel to uh, a, se- a series that I've been recently playing. Um, I want to see a proper Jack and Daxter mm. 4, or at least Jack 4, because, you know, they dropped the Daxter title for Jack 2 and 3. Uh, there technically is a Jack 4, though it wasn't made by Naughty Dog, called, uh, I think it was called Lost Frontier. But that game's trash, so no one talks about it. Wait. <laughs> I want to see, like, an actual continuation from uh, Jack 3 story. And probably Jack X, because that was a racing game. Uh, like, in Jack was 3... Was Jack and Dexter racing game? Yeah, what? Jack X. I have, I have never heard of that. Yeah, man. Um, every time Naughty Dog uh, ends a trilogy of games, they usually... Uh, ended off with the kart racing game afterwards. They haven't done with Uncharted or Last of Us yet, The though the key word is... Or yet. Ratchet and Clank. Yet. <laughs> Wait, that's, no, that's not Naughty Dog. That, that's that's Insomniac, bro. I wasn't actually listening to it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, if they ever do make a Jack 4, I'd want to see, like, the expansion of uh, the guns that they... Uh, like, they expanded the gun mechanic from Jack 2 to 3, and I want to see them um, explore more of the whole eco stuff that they can do with the weapons. Probably give him more combat capabilities, probably uh, tougher platforming challenges, all that stuff. Just make it Jack 2 without all the bullshit, you know? Um, that's something that I would want to see, honestly. And I think uh, in this new PS5 era, it would look pretty dang pretty if uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is anything to go off of. I was just looking up the Lost Frontier because I didn't know that was like a Jack Four. I thought it was like a like a spinoff title, like Size Matters was for Ratchet and Clank. It is and it isn't. Uh, it was basically a project that Naughty Dog was going to work on, but uh, they were also working on Uncharted One at the mm. same time. So they were like, "Fuck it, let's get this new age uh, uh, video game out for the PS3, uh, and we'll just stop focusing on this Jack and Daxter game." Let's just let some other company handle it. Comes out two years later, and no one likes it. But it's, is it a continuation of the story, or is it a spinoff? 
Uh, yes and no. Uh, from what I've seen, it's kind of a weak continuation from where Jack 3 left gotcha. off. Huh. Alright. Alright. So, so we have Mar- Super, the actual Super Mario RPG 2 and then Jack, uh, legit Jack 4. This is mine. And I thought about it for five minutes. Literally five minutes. Because it was, it was that easy. Um, cause, uh, Golden Sun 4. See, that was going to be mine, but um, I thought you would take it. Uh, for those who don't know and have either new here or never heard me talk before, uh, Golden Sun was the game to... Well, Grandia opened the door. Uh, Golden Sun was there at the lobby waiting for me. Um, that's a good analogy, Ben. I th- thank you. I think that was very good. Um, you should be recording and, that. Yeah, and so... Go! I you know I love the first two Golden Sun. Waited almost nine years for Golden Sun Dark Dawn to come out and get big super disappointed as a twenty one year old. Uh, oh my god, Dark Dawn is ten years old. It's not great. Oh, but there were stuff in there that Dark Dawn introduced that was interesting. You you had learned. I would pick off right where I just want to see the fucking story in because they brought back Alex who we thought he was dead at the end of Golden Sun the Lost Age you introduced lycanthropes you introduced that there's light and dark synergy which of course it's kind of cliche but whatever that's a new interesting synergy I would I wanted to see more of the world post turning on all the lighthouses and how was alchemy running because you kind of you don't you kind of get that and like the the landscapes has changed a bit but you kind of it's it's weird but i wanted to see more i wanted let me go back to prox let me go see my old places let me go back because again some stuff is there but a lot of it shifted because it's been 10 years and the earth is literally growing itself back so i would just want to explore more of that world uh and just see what everything else looked like and i would have done and this is and i said this before like a long time ago but i i I assumed golden sun 4 would have been on the 3ds and i would use it to like the 3d effect would only be for boss fights so like you would have this because like one of the cool things about about, i thought i thought about the original golden sun is like how the the bad guys were always like they look far back so i would use the 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 3d slider to have this cool it's like they're that far oh it it would just it would look to me it would look cool um and i don't know man like i would just that would be it and it would just be a continuation uh part of me wants isaac to make the ultimate hero sacrifice play um at the end of four, I don't know what the plot would be because I can't even remember what the danger was in three. Other than, oh, we learned that there's like this new empire that came out of nowhere. I would like to know more. Like we would have found out more about them. What's their deal? What's going on? Maybe uh, the actually, you know what? I this is I think about it. I'm getting memories back up. Like the 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 wise one, the ancient one, or whatever it was called, the big stone floating eye that you saw at the beginning of your journey when the uh, the stones. Uh, for the light to light the lighthouses were stolen at the very beginning of the first game. He saw him, and he pretty much at the end of Golden Sun Lost Age Two, he pretty much transforms your parents and and another one of your friends' parents into that into the Doom Dragon. And you, to, and you nearly killed him because you didn't think it was him. He would be the final boss, and you would finally know why. Why didn't he want Alchemy to return? What was so dangerous about it? Because it, about outside of the 
the vortexes that were showing up, what else was going on? There's got to be more to that. And and like he would transform into this chthonic god monster that you would have to fight to defeat. And you would use every single party member from all four games. So the new kids from the from the first two games, there would be new kids introduced in this game that were like descendants of characters that we didn't see. Because I think uh, we got Piers' kid, um, uh, uh, Garrett's kid, um, and Isaac's kid. And I think in the Lycanthrope was the new character. But I would see Ivan's kids. I would see... Um, I think Mia's kids and them were also there too, but I, I would, I would have all the old crew come back, um, you know, from both Golden Sun, Golden Sun, the Lost Age 2, like, what happened to Felix? Um, what happened to everybody? I, I want to know, and, and the fact that I'll probably never know at this point sucks, but if there's one game that deserves a sequel, I don't, other games don't have to be made, I don't need Golden Sun 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I don't need that, just for... Just so I can see how the fuck all this madness ends, where you finally take on the wise, the ancient one, and destroy his fucking dumb rock-looking ass. Sorry, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, trademark copyrighted TM. But also um, remake the first two because they don't so, actually hold up that well. I'm I'm gonna ignore that comment and say just port them. Uh, but um, so yeah, I just like seriously give. I need closure, man. I really want closure to that story. Granted, you could just play the first two, and that's it, because you get the happy ending. Um, but fuck again. That they're. Ha- I don't care what they do. If they do eventually remake one, two, and three, and then make a fourth one, the final boss has to be the ain't the, the uh, wise whatever the fuck his name is. It has to be him, because he's the one thing you see, but you never fight. Even though, because he's deemed that powerful. And I want to fight it. So, there you go. Golden Sun 4, Jack 4, and Super Mario RPG 2. Um, I want to give a, a quick honorable mention to a uh, a proper sequel to Fortune Street. Because that game is dope. And it's stuck on the Wii. And they had a few others yeah. after it. Like uh, I think there was a uh, Final Fantasy crossover one that was japan only and so like the last one we've gotten in america was fortune street um which is basically dragon quest meets mario meets monopoly um for those that don't know and it's like the most fun like board game party thing that is out there i actually like it more than mario party that's cool yeah, that's that seems. I guess I'm alone on that one. Yeah, no, nobody really. Uh, very few people play that game. They'd rather play Mario Party because you can actually get angry at your friends. Uh-huh. And you can get pretty angry in Fortune right, Street. So it's all about like stonks and you know making money moves. Oh. That's why I don't want to play it. Stonks. I don't like stonks. Anger stonks isn't mutually the... exclusive. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I'm feeling. If... I've never seen Tyler angry, but I have a feeling he would like be angry like you or I get. Justin, but he would just sit there, and you could just feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um, like if he was angry. Yeah, you just all of a sudden you'll see like an aura around Tyler. I'm like, what? The, where'd that fucking come from? Okay, um, we'll, have right. to, we'll have to whip out the Mario show, Party in San Antonio. <laughs> oh, um, either either that or we'll play it online. Um, 
That'd be uh, sick. The, new, the new ones. Oh, the new that's ones true. Have all yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be all. So I'll probably get that because uh, I think that game actually comes. That game actually comes. I think it would probably come out after that San Antonio probably. trip. So yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, because if we're going the first weekend of October. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, let us know what your dream sequel is. And Lord knows, I know there's probably a, a hundreds of you out there who want to tell everybody about their dream sequel. Give us all the details, please. Um, and be sure to add us at Charge at Shot and be use the hashtag DreamSickle. Like, I'm not kidding, DreamSickle. Um, just to confuse people. Uh, Justin, plug your crap. Uh, well, I mean, I guess if it's crap, I won't bother. No, um, I am at ZeroScore on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I will have my review video of Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart up in the near future, hopefully. And I will continue streaming Resident Evil 5 with Ben for the next few weeks. Tyler. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sTatai. Check the pinned tweet uh, to take you to my YouTube channel. Um, I recently did a video on uh, Star Wars Masters of Terror Shisai, an old-ass-ass video game that is not good. I had a fun time making that video, so check it out. And you can find me at Twitter.com slash MarvelSiki for all related things to the Marvelous one. I do plan on streaming. By the time this episode out, hopefully I will stream twice this week. That's twitch.tv slash Iggy2814. I'm starting to get back into the mindset of things. We'll see how it goes. Um, and But I will still be with Justin regardless on Thursdays at, at, at his channel for RE5 for the next couple of weeks because uh, that was fun. Um, namely to call him out whenever he wastes <laughs> ammo on, on, a, on a zombie that doesn't need to be wasting ammo and then laugh at him. Stop! He he's already ammo. dead! Yeah, stop it! Um... Uh, the games will probably not change. I'll be try. I will definitely still be playing Mass Effect and Grandia for sure. Just got to remember exactly how to play those games again. Uh, it's just a problem. What am I going to stream Tuesday? Well, you have to tune in to find out because I I don't even have an idea what I'm going to stream on Tuesday. Um, but uh, also be sure to go to Charts.com for all Charts.com content. Uh, Tyler and I released the debut episode of Cinema Shot, which is on Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. And by the time this episode's out. The next episode on Justice League War, the second part of the DC Cinematic Universe, animated cinematic universe, will be out. So you can check that out. Of course, also check out Atomic Shark, uh, which by the time by the the latest episode, which is Mega Shark versus Colossus, that is officially out by those guys. Are you guys no. done? Are you guys almost done? Please? Almost done. Oh my god. We only got a few more left. Yeah, then. we just recorded uh, can... Atlantic Rim Resurrection, and then there's two more after that. Hey, res- wait, there's a, a that thing got a fucking sequel. <sighs> Everything gets a sequel. It is either oh the best God. one we've okay. seen or the worst one we've seen. Find out, and I'm pretty sure you, you can will not guess. Indulge. Uh, you can check that out if you're into the shitty horror action giant monster movies, or you if you like good monster movies for the most part, you can check out Atomic Shot that is officially done. That That's me, the Tyler, table, man. Me and Tyler did so that that's awesome. Uh, hey, most 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 of them are, if not all of them, are better than the Asylum. Don't that's don't true. play. It's like one or two that's like on par, and that's like that's like rare. That's like not even, that's not even. Close. There's a few of these um, Asylum movies I would watch over Godzilla '98. And you, I'd watch all, a lot of things over <laughs> Godzilla '98. That's not Same. not fair. That's not, it doesn't even count. It doesn't. That's not, it's not even a Godzilla movie. We did it as a joke. Um... And uh, but thank you all for the support. Uh, we'll see you all next week 
for another episode of Atomic what? Shot. Until next time, guys. <laughs> yeah, I you did. Atomic Shot, didn't I? <laughs> we will see you all next week for an episode of Chart Shot. Thank you for the watching and listening, everybody. Until next time, get fucked, Justin. Say charge. Charge up these nuts. Oh, point. Ha, 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 ha.